You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 317, Spirit, Soul, and Body, How Healthy Are You? I'm recording this in mid-2021, and we're coming out of a really a crazy 18 months uh, from you know March or so of, of 2020 up until now with uh, COVID-19 and just some very uh, crazy stuff going on in society and in culture. We're, we're coming out of a difficult time. And as a pastor, uh, trying to keep my finger on the pulse of how people are doing, uh, you know, some folks have excelled during this time, especially folks that are more of an introvert or by nature, having to be home and be um, quarantined and, and just having to be locked down during the periods of time when we've had to do that. But, um, you know, just all the, the pressures and things that have come against us have caused some people to really struggle in some areas of their life. And, you know, I got to thinking this is probably a good time to kind of let us do a little bit of a inner update on ourselves, uh, a little bit of an inner uh, uh, diagnosis and see how well we're doing spirit, soul, and body. So I want to read a verse. This is from 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 23. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let me talk theology for just a second here. You know, in some circles, this idea of a spirit, soul, and body is very normal. Um, I believe that you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. And I'm going to break down what each one of those things is over the next couple of weeks as we go through this. Other uh, theologians or, or thinkers uh, would say that we're just a body, uh, we're a soul, and, and, and we live in a body. And that's fine. It, it, it's really not worth arguing over. I believe the Bible is clear, though, that even as God is a triune being, so are we, spirit, soul, and body. But, you know, if you just prefer to, to go with, you know, um, uh, you know, a dual person, that's fine too, soul and body. But understanding that there's more to you than just your flesh, there's more to you than just that body or even your mind, um, helps us go a long way to kind of understanding who we are, how God made us. And, you know, even the question I, you know, posing is how are you doing during these difficult times? I've talked to people who have been battling depression. I've talked to some people who have been struggling with uh, substance abuse because of the, the pressures of things that they're dealing with. Others who have maybe uh, not been on medication for depression or other um, possible mental issues. 
um, have gotten had to get back onto medication. And we're not here to say right, wrong. That's that's not what we're discussing. We just want to be able to look at ourselves and see what, um, uh, how am I doing, and what can I do to take better care of myself. And we're not just talking about physically. We're talking spirit, soul, and body. Now, what is your spirit? Well, um, as I said, I believe that, that we ha- we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. So if the spirit is the real you, what is that spirit? What is that? And, and I believe the Bible is very clear that the spirit is the essence of God that's inside of every person. An animal doesn't have the ability to reason. Um, we do. Uh, an animal is uh, really, you know, that that soul and body. I think that's what you would see in, in an animal. But we have the ability to reason. But even beyond that, we have the ability to connect with God. Uh, the Bible says in, in, in Genesis 1 that God, when he created man, he said, let us make man in our image. Well, you know, we all look differently. I don't, I don't know that that's saying that we all physically look like God, but we're made in the image of God in the sense that we can connect with God on a spiritual level. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 2, um, c- communicating spirit to spirit with God. And as a Christian, if you're not a Christian, this may be a little bit tough to wrap your head around, but for those of us that are Christians who are following Jesus, we have the ability to connect with God on a spiritual level. And that's that's really who you are and who you were created to be. If you're not a Christian, uh, it doesn't mean that the spiritual side of you doesn't exist. In fact, I would argue that it does. It's just people who aren't following Jesus are going to fill it with something else, um, whatever that something else might be. I think, I think we're all, there's this innate... Uh, urge or hunger inside of us to pursue the truth. We all want to worship something, even those who are who are atheists. Um, you know, we could argue that maybe they're worshiping science or their own minds or their own intellect, but there's, there's just something inside of us that, that we were created to worship. And so there's a spiritual part of us. And so when we start talking about our spirit, we're talking about that part of us, that deepest part of us, the real you that connects with God and how um, do we keep that healthy? Um, how do we know when it's unhealthy? Well, I think we know it's when it's unhealthy because we begin to feel dry. Um, if you're a follower of Christ and you've had those periods in your life where you've just felt dry or you felt distanced from God, distant from God, and it's not that we're just talking about feelings here. Um, you know, God made us with feelings, and we'll talk about that a little more when we talk about our soul. And there is an experiential part of this. It's not just about knowledge. It's about knowing God. And we know there's something innate inside of us that knows that we're when we're close to God or when we're away from God. And so, so if if you've you know during this difficult time, you know maybe there's been a sense of of loneliness. There's been a sense of being disconnected. These are the words that I've heard over and over again um, over the last year and a half. Even now. Um, living in the state of Georgia, um, in the southern United States, things are pretty much back to normal in, 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 in many, many places. I mean, you still see people wearing masks and, you know, there's a certain sense of caution and that that's fine. But all the, the um, precautions have, have pretty much been lifted by the state government. So, so it's back to normal, but yet because of people's fear, because of their concern, 
there's still this sense of isolation, uh, of being disconnected, um, and then that spirit of fear has has really um, driven a wedge in so many relationships. And we'll talk about the important relationships in just a minute. So, so what can you do, and how can you? Um, keep your spirit healthy. How can you keep your spirit vibrant? If your spirit is the real you and it's the part of you that's created to connect with God, then how can we keep that part of us healthy? Well, you know, the first two or three of these are pretty simple. I mean, they're the kind of things you'll hear over and over again, but the first one's Word. It's God's Word. It's put God's Word inside of you. God gave us His Word to show us how He thinks, to show us what He's like, to to give us a sense, to give us a, a an understanding, really, of who He is and how we can um, draw close to Him. And, you know, the Bible's not just a, an old book that was written a few thousand years ago. It's God's living Word. Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 3.16 that the Scriptures are, are God breathed. They're inspired. God breathed on the writers and they they wrote these words and and they're inspired and they're profitable for for teaching and training and correction and and to to really help us become the people that God's called us to be. So um, and I constantly am amazed at the number of Christians who talk about how they're dry spiritually but they don't have a habit of of spending time in God's Word and, and they can't see the correlation here. If you're spending time in God's Word, hungering and thirsting after God's Word, um, you know, David said in one of the Psalms, he says, like, as a deer pants for the water, so my soul uh, pants for you, thirsts for you, God. If we don't have that kind of a hunger for God's Word, why are we surprised that we're spiritually dry? Um, We have to create a habit. We have to create a discipline of spending time in God's Word. It's not just so that we can check a uh, you, you know, something off the list. It's something that we have to do. We have to be desperate to be in God's Word because it's there that we find uh, refreshment. We find restoration. It's where um, we really do get a sense of who God is and He begins to renew our mind and bring healing to us. The second um, thing here, you might think I was going to say prayer, and that's important, but I'm going to say worship because I think worship and prayer really kind of go together. And you know, the thing about the, the time that we're living in and people living in the pandemic, the depression, you know, depression is a very inward-looking condition. And and we're talking about how healthy we are. And, you know, people are struggling with with depression and, and because they're by themselves, because they're isolated, the only friend they have in so many cases. And look, let's, let's face it, there are still places in the U.S. that are shut down and people are isolated. But, you know, if all you've got is your computer or your phone and you're spending time on social media, it's just so depressing. And so we've got to get our eyes off of ourselves, and we've got to get them on something bigger than us, and that's the living God. And when we begin to, to set aside time to worship, and you know, when we say worship, most people assume church, because you drive by any church and they'll have a sign up saying, Worship Sunday at 11. Well, is it? I mean, I've been in some churches where, where I've been, and they had a service, but I don't know that I really sensed a spirit of worship. But worship is something you can have in a congregation of 300 or, or you can have by yourself. But you create this, the, you cultivate this spirit, this attitude in your own heart of learning to worship. And for most of us, the easiest way to do that is put on some great worship music and spend some time singing or, or praying or just listening and meditating, you know, on, 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 on the person 
uh, of Jesus and, and, and spending time with God. Uh, for me, it's often in the car. I'll, I'll put on some worship uh, music and then, you know, maybe sing or listen or pray. But worship and prayer, spending this time in communion with God. And when you're praying, you're not just praying for yourself. You know, obviously we have needs and God doesn't mind if we pray for ourselves. But when we can cultivate an attitude of getting out of ourselves and praying for other people, getting our eyes off ourselves is one of the greatest things we can do to lift that cloud of depression that you may have been struggling with. So, so word and then worship. Don't go away. We'll be right back. We've talked about word. We've talked about worship and prayer. But we've got a couple more important things to talk about. But I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Peter and Paul and Acts. Listen, this is one of those books that needs to be on every Christian's bookshelf. The book of Acts is the most exciting book in the entire New Testament. I mean, it gives you the first 30 years, the first the history of the first 30 years of the early church. But it's not a history book. It's about people's lives. Peter and Paul in Acts focuses on uh, the the book, the, the Acts of the Apostles, and the Acts of the Apostles focuses on Peter and Paul. And what you you see in, in the book of Acts, the first half is focused on the Apostle Peter and what he did and how he did it. And then the second half is focused on the Apostle Paul, his amazing conversion, one of the most dramatic conversions in all of history. And then how God used him to take the gospel throughout the Roman Empire. And in this book, we talk about what their apostolic ministry was, how they worked, what they did, planting churches, how they reached people. It's a great book. You'll love it. Buy it. Put it on your shelf. You'll thank me later. All right. Well, word and worship, we've talked about those. How do we keep our spirit healthy? Well, the third one is one that you might not necessarily really think um, think of when we first talk about keeping our spirit healthy, but it's confession. Confession. You know, when we think of confession, most of us think of the Catholic Church going in and getting in the little booth and confessing your sins to the priest. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about confession on two levels. First of all, confession to God. If there's sin in your life, let's keep short accounts. Let's confess to Him our sin. Let's ask Him for forgiveness, and let's move on. Uh, 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The other part of confession is confessing to God that we need Him. Um, telling God, you know, how much we need Him. You know, one of the reasons I love to, to read the Psalms and to pray the Psalms is because you find David really dealing with every kind of mood, every kind of, um, you know, emotional sense that you can you can possibly think of and deal with, from good to bad, from angry to sad. Um, depression, elation, but we find him over and over again confessing his need for God. God, I need you. God, I can't do this without you. God, please work in my life. And this constant confession. And, and, and I think in our lives, there's, you know, faith is so important, but faith, um, you know, also operates through confession. When we tell God we can't do it, we need him. That trust is what really what you know true faith is but there's another aspect of confession too if there are things you're dealing with i mean let's face it during this time of of lockdown um the pornography industry has gone through the roof 
those those guys have paid so much money because people are at home and they're just looking at stuff they don't need to look at, stuff that's unhealthy, stuff that's polluting their minds and damaging their marriages and really just not helping us at all. Um, people are dealing with substance abuse and other issues. Listen, if you're dealing with things, you probably need to find somebody that you can confess to. And I'm not talking about a Catholic priest, although if that's your um, faith background, maybe that's what it is. But for for most of us, it's a trusted friend, a leader, somebody maybe just a little further down the road than you are, or at least somebody, a, a good friend who's spiritually mature that you can go and say, listen, I'm battling this and I'm just struggling. And when you confess it, the power of that thing begins to break. Uh, James says, confess your sins to one another. Now, you thought I was going to say to God, right? Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now, remember, I, I, I quoted 1 John 1 night a few minutes ago, confessing our sins to God. You get forgiven by confessing to God, but you get set free and the chains fall off. The habits begin to change when you confess to someone else. So how do we keep our spirit healthy? Well, through God's Word, through worship and prayer, through confession. And then number four is community. You know, it's been so, so difficult during this time of, of lockdown. You know, there are churches that aren't even open yet. I can't even wrap my head around that. In some uh, places, the, the governments have said you can open back up, but because of the people's fear, maybe the pastor's fear, the churches have not opened back up. And we need community more than ever. You know, one of the first things God said in Genesis, uh, I believe it was in Genesis 2, He said, it's not good for man to be alone. Now, we think He was just talking about the woman He was about to give Adam. You know, He's about to create Eve. And that's part of it, but it's bigger than that. It's not good for man to be alone. And, and this sense of isolation, even my friends who were, um, you know, really true introverts and would, t would tell you, oh, no, no, I've loved this time of not being bothered and being by myself and isolation. They'd say, I'd love that. But if you really press them, it's not completely true. There's been a sense of loneliness there. They've missed seeing people. They've missed seeing their friends. We need community. And I'm not talking about the community you get at, at the bar. I'm talking about deep relationships, people who can challenge you, people that you can share life with, um, it's so powerful to be in a Christian community. And obviously, we're talking about church here, and but let's break it down even farther. What kind of small group are you in? Um, house group, life group, whatever your church calls them, maybe even a Sunday school class. But that's usually where your close friends are. Those are where the relationships are built. Those are the people that you're hanging out with and doing life with. And in our church, we, ha we have small groups and you know, these are the people that I'm connected with. But even apart from that, you know, I've got a few guys that we get together once a month. And and and, and these are good, good friends. I mean, these are the kind of guys that we, we can talk about anything together. And it never goes any further than that table. And and so it's, it's good to have community, people that you can share your life with, people who can pray for you, people who can encourage you. We need each other. You know, there's this myth going around that you can be a Christian and not really be a part of church. And I'm not prepared to say it's completely untrue, but I'm going to say it's mostly untrue. 
Um, you might ask Jesus into your life and flounder on your own for a while. I'm not sure how long your faith is going to last. God never designed people to live the Christian life on their own. He always designed it for us to do in the context of community. Uh, one of the church fathers said, If God is my father, the church is my mother. We need Christian community like we've never needed it before. Years ago, I was talking to somebody who reached out on a pastoral level and said they needed help with something, and you know they were dealing with something in their marriage, and we talked about it for a while. And, um, and I was surprised because this is somebody who I knew, but we weren't close, close friends, but they knew I was a pastor, and I knew they were in a, a church. They were they, they're, you know, active church members in their own church. And, I, and, and after, you know, we talked a number of times and, you know, I gave them some concrete things to do to help and, um, you know, prayed with them. Um, I said, you know, I'm curious why you didn't, you know, go to one of your pastors or leaders. And, and they said, oh, no, no, I could never do that. If I shared some of this stuff, you know, they would, they would kick me out of the church. And I said, man, if that's the case, you probably need to find another church. If you're not in a community with people who love you and accept you like you are, you know, warts and all, who who understand that we're, none of us are perfect. We've all got our our share of issues and things we're dealing with. If if that's the case, then then I would really encourage you to find another church. And I don't know if they ever did or not. That's none of my business. But the reason I say that is, like never before, we need to be in a community. We need to be in a community with people who can love us and encourage us. So how do we keep our spirit healthy? How do we keep our spirit healthy? Remember, our spirit's that part of us that connects with God. It's it's the true you. It's really who you are. Well, first of all, we keep our spirit healthy through spending time in God's Word, through worshiping and praying, um, getting our eyes off ourselves. Number three is confession. Confess your sins to God. Confess your sins to each other. And, and also, Get into the habit of just confessing to God how much you need Him, how much you need His grace. You know, there's something powerful about staying humble. Um, the Word says over and over again, God gives grace to the proud. God, God resists the proud, excuse me, but gives grace to the humble. So God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. So I'm constantly crying out for God's grace, saying, God, I need you. I need you. I can't do this myself. Help me. And when we do that, God meets us at that point of need. And then number four, how do we keep our spirit healthy? Is we stay in community. And if you're in a place right now, I know my, I've got many, many friends in India, and their churches aren't even meeting. Um, it's it's horrible. They're on total lockdown, and it's just a terrible, terrible situation. And um, pastors that I'm connected with in other parts of the world have gone through this same thing. And if that's the case then you've got to be a little more proactive. If your church isn't having online services, then reach out to people. Connect with them. You know, Set up a weekly Zoom call where you can chat with two or three of your friends and, and connect because you need that community more than ever. And uh, let's stay connected. Well, next week, we'll be talking about how we keep our souls healthy. And I hope you'll tune in for that. In the meantime... Go to davidspell.com, leave a question or comment, anything you want to talk about in the comments section for today's post. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter, check out all my cool resources, my books, 
Um, I've got a new one that I'm working on now. You'll be hearing a little bit more about later. And, uh, And in the meantime, I so appreciate you being with me on the journey. And we'll see you next week on Lead. Thank you.